In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, and we are just beyond fired up today to be joined by one of our favorite guests, one of the, the damn finest dogs has ever been, and that's uh, Mr. Ray Falcher. Ray, what's up, brother? What's up, Seth? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I, want to, uh, I want to start with, let's just go over the last 12 months in your life, okay? I'm going to throw yeah. some dates at you. And uh, we'll just we'll just flesh them out. October 16, 2021, played Love You Son, Go Dogs on the campus of your alma mater on the Marty and McGee yeah. show. Then on November 2nd, 2021, you're in H-Town to see your Atlanta Braves win the World Series. Oh, yeah. Then January 10th, 2022, the dogs broke the curse. Bring home the trophy. Then on June 10th, 2022, spray painted line is released. Yep. And then September 17th, 2022, playing a show in your hometown, the town that raised you in front of 4,000 yep. folks. And now, four days from now, September 29th, playing 40 Watt in Athens, Georgia. I mean, brother, yeah. you talk about having a year, my friend. Good on you. It's been a year. It's been a year, man. I, you know, I tell everybody too, I'm like, I got to be careful of, of what I ask from the sports gods these days. Cause <laughs> last year, my, my cup runneth over last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but don't worry, I'm still asking for a dog win every Saturday. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been a crazy year, you know, not just in sports and watching my teams and all. And, and, uh, but you know how much that means to me. But yeah, I mean, getting released by Davey record and then playing the shows that we've got to play. I mean, yeah, it's it's been awesome. I try to make sure that I take every moment and 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 uh and make sure I'm really appreciating it for what it is. So well, like I had said, four days from now, you're back in Athens playing 40 yep. watt. Uh Sutherland gonna be there with you, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Now remind me, one of them born and raised in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, right? Yes, uh, Matt Chase, and he actually he he lived with me for about a year and a half. Um, oh, cool! In my house here in Mount in Mount Juliet, and uh, so him he and his fiance just got a place. But I mean, he lived with me from from March 2020, which pretty crazy. Pandemic started the month we moved <laughs> in, but uh, yeah, uh, from then from then until about two months ago, so almost you know actually so over two years, yeah. That's awesome. Well, so before we kind of get started, because we're going to talk to you about a lot of things, but tell people how they can get tickets, support you, be there, what time the yeah. show times are, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, like I said, I'm playing Athens uh, this Thursday, and it's uh, on rayfulturemusic.com. Um, you can go to, like, there's a little link that says tour, and there'll be a ticket link there and stuff. And um, I think we'll play that night's a little fluid. We'll probably play about 8 30. Sutherland about 7.30, um, maybe 8 or 9, but we'll kind of fill that out. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a big night. You know, I uh, I played 40-watt. Um, I think the last time I played 40-watt was with Morgan Wallen on his tour in 2018. I'm pretty sure it came through Athens. And, uh, oh, that's and cool. we played 40-watt. Not, not Georgia Theater. We played 40-watt that night. So, coming back to get the headline, you know, and getting to play Love You, Sun, Go Dolls in Athens, so it be a special moment. So, uh, yeah, excited about it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. We'll uh, we'll link to that in the show notes too. So if people want to awesome. go grab tickets, go do that. Um, and we had talked to you about this, and I think we're still set on doing this. We're going to do a giveaway for tickets, so folks can can come out. Um, I don't know if we're going to do two or four yet. We're still settling on that, but we're going to do that yeah. for sure, just because we want to awesome. have some people go. Um, awesome, thank you. And man, no, it's going to be an awesome show. The album is outstanding. Um, 
we've seen you live, know how great you are live. And man, you, you're a traveling man, brother. You are all crisscrossing yeah. this country playing tunes. Um, I loved it. Did I see on your story the other night? You were, uh, you were in Oregon, but you're playing Tim McGraw's Portland. Did I see that? Yeah, Portland. I was sitting in the hotel room and I was in Portland. So it kept, I kept going in my head, Portland, Maine. And then I was like, I'm just going to play it. Because I, I really didn't know how to play it. So I looked, you know, I kind of figured out the chords. And, and uh, you just always, when I'm doing that, I have my camera just rocking sometimes just because you never know if you catch a, you know, good chorus first thing or whatever. So, yeah. If you've listened to our past episodes with Ray, you know, that's one of his top five or uh, if you only had five Tim McGraw songs the rest of your life, that's one of his Tim yeah, McGraw songs that you would have on the list. So that's, that's one a winner. I love that song. Put that, yeah. up, put that on the playlist if you haven't already. So I know we talked about this off air, but kind of what I want to do today is just make this as much of a spotlight as possible for spray painted line. Um, yeah. And I want to go through the track list with you and have you kind of give the origin stories for each one of the yeah. tracks, um, just because I think it gives it so much depth. And with with you being the songwriter on almost all of them, is it 16 of the 17 or 15 yeah. of the 17? Uh, 15. Yeah. Because Love You, Son, and then Battle of Betty's Love, right? Right. Or the yep. two. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just, I think it's such an interesting perspective. Um, and this will sort of be like an in the round where you're the only one in the round, yeah. brother. <laughs> right. That's right. Um, well, first off, tell our listeners about the title itself and symbolically what it means. Yeah. So spray painted line, we were kind of trying to think of a name for this album, you know, and spray painted line in the context of the first song, which is all gas, no brakes, which I can kind of do both right here in, in the context of that. Uh, the first line is spray paint a line on the west in a main street and main street is my hometown Harlem that's like the street that goes through it and in that song the spray paint a line is the start of a race in this song so you know a debut album in a lot of ways is is really the no matter what you've done before that a debut album is kind of a starting point right of a, of a brand new race and so kind of a tip of the cap to where I came from but also a tip of the cap to the fact that you know um let's less it's it's a new journey right and so um and in that first line of the first song which is all gas no brakes um for us when, we, when i wrote that song right it's got this kind of love angle in it where it's like i'm gonna love you all i do everything all gas no brakes i'm kind of reckless but i'm gonna love you all gas no brakes too but you know for i want it to be the first one on the album because it's more that's just kind of our way that's way of life right it's like yep if you're gonna do it do it 110 and that's the way we like to do things and so um just want to set the tone of the album with that song and for, for each one i'm gonna have you do this too what year did you write that one i wrote that one in 20 um 20 early 2020 2020 okay pre, pre-pandemic yeah okay so second track um it's one of my favorites it's really difficult for me to proclaim which one right. is my favorite? Cause I love different ones for different reasons, but I, this one sentimentally is so good. And I think there's a lot of mystique added to it because of the companion story you have of playing it the first time at the Opry, but second right. track is selling cars. So tell our listeners yep. about that one. Yeah. I mean, selling cars was one of those songs that is kind of my story in a song. And, and uh, when I left, University of Georgia after I graduated and moved back home I actually turned down a teaching job and with that I made a decision like hey I'm gonna see what this music thing does so I uh, I took a job selling cars for a couple years and it was there that I asked myself the question like am I really gonna do this am I not gonna do this am I gonna move to Nashville and it was I asked myself the question can I wake up at 50 years old one day and go what if and for me it was just a big no I can't and it was in that parking lot selling cars that I wrote this song title down, just this idea I had. And I moved, I moved in 2014. It wasn't until 2018 that I wrote it. And really for me, it's just a song about doubling down on yourself and, and chase, you know, for the kind of the, the dreamers and the underdogs, the believers. And, and, and hopefully it's a song that embodies the, the idea that like, if you believe it, it can be real. And I think I'm in a lot of ways, I'm living proof of that. And so, um, you know, a guy that moved to Nashville at 28 years old, I used to shy away from that. I don't anymore. Like that's just, that's what it was. Right. Part of my journey, yep. 28 years yep. old, I moved to Nashville, which is later in life 
to move to Nashville. And so, uh, that being said, I ain't got no business having a handful of number one songs and playing the Grand Ole Opry and doing all this. Like if you just take it, at, if you were to just say what the odds were when I moved to town at 28, but I believed it, right? I believed it could happen. It was, you know, if there's, if it's never happened before, there's gotta be a first. And that's kind of my little catchphrase that I try to use for myself. There's gotta be a first. And so if it hadn't happened before, somebody's going to do it. Why not me? And so th this song kind of embodies all that for me. And I got to play it at, the Grand Ole Opry I had a debut at there last year at my at my Opry debut, which was a big moment. They say I got a standing ovation. I don't really remember it because I, I about blacked out. I was so nervous. So, yeah, I thought there were a I mean, a lot of beautiful pieces of that performance. But number one, I, I love that you just were there by your lonesome playing that acoustic. I thought yeah. there was a, a rawness to that, and that song has a lot of vulnerability in it because it's your story, right? Yeah. You, you're, right. you're talking about the journey. Um, it's funny, the spot where you like paused is not the oh, part yeah. I would have expected. Right. Yeah. Because for me, man, I think the bridge in that song is such just a kind of a chills piece. Yeah. Um, but I think part of it was the people hearing it, that was a neat part too. They were experiencing the lyrics. Yeah. And so that was a very genuine response. I think they had at the point where you paused and it seemed well, like yeah. that's where it all washed over you. That's where it washed. I was just like, Oh my God. I mean, it was one of the most incredible moments of my life, but you know, the reason it happened there is when you, when you play a new song, like that, I mean, the crowd was like, you could hear a pin drop through the yeah. first person chorus, Right. Yeah. And so when I hit that first, selling cars at the end of that first course i didn't know what to expect yeah but what happened was something that i did not expect which was just the place went bonkers yeah and i think when that happened that was the moment where i just like i felt like i exhaled for the first time all day yeah yeah you know? and it just and really in a lot of ways for the last 10 years that i've been dreaming of being on that stage and so when i went back to seeing the second when i went up to seeing the second verse i was like nope it ain't happening. This is like, I got I need a second. So. Well, tell me this. Cause I, I've been interested to hear this and I, I don't know if I've heard you expound upon it much, but how difficult was it? Cause look, let's just be serious. That song is electric. And I feel like in some way you had to know that you had something with that song. How difficult was it? Or was it more promise to yourself? So it wasn't difficult to sit on it and not play it live until that moment. Yeah, I just, I remember when we wrote it, I told the guys, like, I'm saying this till I play the Opry. It was just, it just was a thing for me. And so it wasn't hard because I was just waiting on that opportunity. Um, so you never know. It might not have even been on this record if I never got to play the Opry, you know, so. Yeah. Uh, you know, but, yeah, I mean, I think I wrote this, we wrote this one in. You know, what's funny is we started that song in 2018. Okay. And, and we, we finished it. Um, well, I say we, we wrote the whole song in 2018, but I, we went back and then early, early 21, before I found out I was playing Opry, we kind of, I was with those guys one day and we just kind of tweaked on some stuff. And yeah. so, and it was probably six weeks later that I got the invite to the Opry. So that's awesome. All right. Song three, yeah. anything yep. like you dance, uh, yeah. radio single. Yep. Just a just a jam. I mean, an absolute boot stomper. Um, and I know it's one. Well, first off, I think the message is cool, but it's also it's one of your energy beats, right? Yes. Yeah, we usually end or at, close to the end uh, each set with this song. And for us, it was myself, Jonathan Singleton, um, and we wrote this song. We really didn't have an idea that day, but we came in and we we're just trying to figure out like. What are, we, what are we feeling today? What do we want to write? And I was telling him, I was like, man, I want to write something kind of like this Vern Gosden song that I was listening to while coming in. And, and that song is called, uh, uh, I can tell by the way you dance, but you're going to yeah. love me tonight, that kind of thing. And so we just kind of took that idea and we're like, let's, is there a way we can make a 20 at the time, 18, 2018 is when we wrote it can we make a 2018 version of, of that and like do it in our own way, but that kind of like thought. And so, yeah, so we, we wrote it that day and um, the other guy was named Tom McHugh that we wrote it with. And uh, we wrote it that day and, and, and then 
that was the first song that I ever thought, man, this song will get cut by somebody, but I want to keep yeah. this one for me. That yeah. was the first time I did that. So. Yeah, that's a great one. It's such a good energy song. That's one of the ones like my kids love it. It's just, yeah, they jam all four of them. You know, it's not, you know, some of them like certain ones, other ones like other ones, but they all four love that one. It's just, it's, it's a good one. Um, yeah. Okay. Track four, one of the songs off the Larkin Hill mixes, and that's Girl yep. in it. Um, yep. Tell us the story behind that one. So Girl in it, we wrote in 2020 on Zoom. And it was, it was a Friday I woke up and I remember going, the last thing I want to do today is write a song. I've been writing on Zoom all week long. And I'm like, it's summer, man. I just want to go play golf. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm just going to go see what happens. And if an hour we ain't got nothing, let's just call it what it is and call it a Friday and let's go to lunch or whatever. So it was Eric Dillon and James McNair. And Eric came in and immediately was like, man, I don't know what this thing is, but I was like, I had this line coming in this morning. Like if you're going out of here, you're going out of your mind. I bet there's a girl in it. And I was like, well, I'm glad I showed up, you know, yeah. so we wrote it. And I just immediately, man, that was one of the songs that when I signed my record deal that black river was really, really excited about. And it's just, man, for me, like it does everything that I want, want to be as a song. It tells a story. Mm-hmm. It also has this hook that means different things throughout it. And, uh, which is what I love doing. It has all this color, it has these visuals and stuff. And so, and I always knew that I wanted that to be the first, uh, single radio. So, yeah, you had played, you did a lot of this 2020 to 2021, but you, you would do a lot of lives and things like that. And you would play a lot of these acoustic. So it's been, yeah. it was cool to watch this one, especially transition from hearing the acoustic into the record produced version. Yeah. I thought it mm-hmm. turned out really, really well. It's a great, great song. Um, all right. Track five. If you yeah. like your boys like that. Another one that you had played a lot during the lives, which yes. is fantastic. But tell that story. Yeah. And so that one was just a two-way ride, myself and Cole Taylor. And I'll never forget, we were standing in uh, in the, the kitchen there at Universal, where I write. And somebody in there, I can't remember what it was. Me and Cole were standing in there and somebody goes, you know, um, you know, if you like your dudes like that, She's going to love me kind of like that. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I remember looking at Cole, like from across the room and he like, he looked at me and goes, he nodded, you know? And so we went up to the room and we were like, I don't know if anybody else heard that, but that's what we're right today. And so, uh, we did, we wrote it. I mean, we wrote that song like an hour, just like it just fell out of us. And so, um, and instantly again, became one of those that I just really loved playing and always felt like, that it needed it had to be on this record late night buzz off a pinch of wintergreen brother yeah yeah i've lived that for sure <laughs> <laughs> i think plenty of people have my friend yeah <laughs> yeah that's fantastic all right number six i think this is track six this is one of one of my favorites on the record i think yeah. it's great in so many ways just because number one i think it has the feel of 80s to 90s country tells a great story yeah. great hook um and that's john wayne yeah, so that one we uh, I wrote with Paul DiGiovanni, who was the guitarist for a a really famous kind of like punk rock band called Boys Like Girls, and and then he has since they kind of like stopped making new music. They still tour, but stopped making new music. He has transitioned to like a Nashville guy, and he does guitar. And so he had that guitar lick, and then. I don't remember who had the John Wayne idea, but he had that guitar lick and everything else did not matter. It was like, we got to figure out how to use this. And so we ended up with John Wayne. And when we cut, when we were going to cut songs for the record, new songs. I was playing down the ones I love for Jonathan Singleton, my producer. And he, uh, I played that guitar and then he stopped it after the guitar lick and goes, whatever happens next, I don't care. We're cutting this song. <laughs> yeah. Because he fell so in love. And we actually, instead of re-recording that guitar lick, he loved it so much that we just pulled, we pulled the, the existing guitar thing off of the demo that, that Paul had played. So when you look at it, Paul has, uh, he has credit for playing guitar on the record because we pulled that part from the demo. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that, that one's one of those ones, man. First time through the, the album, I was texting my co-host James. And I was like, dude, you got to listen to track six. Like that's yeah. some heat on that. I will. I should have told you this when, uh, 
when the record came out back in June, he, I had texted him, you know, like, Hey, here's the link. And he downloaded everything. And then he texts me back on Monday and he's like, it's best front to back album I've listened to in three years. That's like, freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So he, he loved it. Um, all right. Number seven, track seven, another uh, cut off Larkin Hill mixes. And that's compliment. Yeah. yeah. Well, compliment we wrote. I was actually riding with Devin Dawson one day and his brother, Jacob Durrett. And um, Devin go, he's like, all right, I got to step out here and make a phone call. So while he's gone, Jacob is just playing me these tracks that he's been making or whatever. And then he played the track. He played the demo track compliment. And he just had like a couple of, of lines kind of humming through it and stuff on this. And I go, dude, what is that? And he's like, I think it's this thing. I think I want to call it compliment. And I was like, please, please save that for me. Let's write something to that. And so, yeah, I mean, we wrote, we wrote, and I just, I wanted some kind of really, uh, Papa Love Mama kind of thing. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. With that feel, just that fast as heck show, show ender kind of thing. And so we, uh, yeah, we just wrote it to that and, and really just honest about, you know, I really want it to be a song. It's kind of deeper than it feels, right? It's like, whatever it is, like, whoever you are, it's like, if people ain't, ain't about it, it's all good. You like, take it as a compliment because you're different. You know what I mean? Yep. And so yep. that's kind of the message behind it. Whether people ever get that, I don't know, but it's a fun one to play. So, yeah, it's interesting <clears throat> you said a couple things about that. The popular mama thing, I wouldn't have thought about that, but now that definitely hits for sure. Mm -hmm. And then also, I do think, and I think you're good at this, and I think the stuff that you've written that Luke has cut does a nice job of this. Sometimes sonically, it's a very different package than what's lyrically embedded in that, right? Sure. Like, yeah. so it feels like A, sonically, but then mm -hmm. B, it's saying something on a much different yeah. level, which I think is cool because I think it gives more people access to it because you're right. going to have folks that and aren't going to be stuck in the lyrics, sure. but it brings yep. them to it. And that's what, that's something that Luke and I kind of started doing on his first record. Like listen to a song, like careful what you wish for. It's this big chorus like, nah, 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 and it feels so good. But when you listen to it, it's this dude that like is just now seeing, man, I messed up. And that's yeah. a heavy thing. But it's it's yeah. like hidden in this like really fun sounding, fun to sing song or uh, you know track. So, all right, track number eight, after the rain. Mm -hmm. um, tell us about that one. Yes. I know you like this one? Yeah, I love that song. It's you know it's it's very different than anything I'd put out before. I don't I don't write a ton of just straight love songs, but when I write them, I want it to be like kind of real to who you know. And for me, I was like, man, we we got we got done writing, and I was like myself Jack, uh matt jenkins and uh aj pruis and i first time i ever wrote those guys and um both those guys are married and kind of at the at the time i was on the i was actually on the back side of like a breakup but i remember going like um you know i feel like that y'all you know for them their wives and then like for me whoever that person is will be or whatever i feel like this is what it should this is what love ought to feel like right it mm -hmm. ought to feel like the, the the safe landing spot and like someone who came along that you're just like man how do I ever live without this person and so but I just love the way the track is it's a little it's a little left to center you know the, the way the track comes in and um but people seem to really love love the melody and just like what it says and so um and it's kind of the uh I don't know man I just for me I was like if I'm ever gonna put out a song that defines like to me what love is that's it so yeah, it's a beauty. And I think one of the neat things about it, too, is I think when the song starts, you're kind of in a space where you're expecting that it's going to be sad. Sad. Yeah. But then yeah. as you as you go through the journey of the song, it takes you to a whole different place, which I think yeah. it's an, uh, that song's a neat journey. OK, track nine. I put a bullet point beside this. Yep. I, I love this song. And I think, number one, the message is outstanding. But I also think there's some sentimentality to it because, yep. brother, it feels like this could have been on the Everywhere album or A Place in the Sun. Like yeah. it, it yeah. reminds me of a late 90s Tim song for sure. So tell, tell us yeah, the man. story of, of life changing money. 
man, that's my manager's favorite. And, and I do think that's a special song. We, we wrote, I wrote that with Cole Taylor, um, Paul DiGiovanni again, um, on that one. And that's his kind of like, we didn't pull it this time, but that's kind of his guitar lick, that kind of John Mayer's country thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I remember it came from a story that Cole told us. Um, he said that his neighbor at the time was, was out, right. He's out cutting grass, went over there and talked to him and, and they were, and he was telling, the neighbor was telling Cole this track over here, the city wants, um, city wants to buy it and make, put something on or whatever. And, and he's like, I told him if they're going to make me change my life, they better give me life changing money. And, <laughs> and I thought that was so cool. And it coming from that guy, like just, oh, he just, you know, the life changing money, um, you know, for, we got to talking about life changing money for him may be different than this guy, or this guy, or this guy or whatever, but really, and then we just got the idea of like, man, when you're 16, life changing money's, you know, 10 grand to go buy a Bronco or whatever it is. And as you, mm-hmm. as you get older, like things that actually change your life that have to do with money and actually has nothing to do with the money right it's about mm-hmm. what those things kind of symbolize and mean to you whether it's coming of age or whether it's meeting your wife or later on whether it's putting money in the offering plate for the first time and going man that felt good i think there's something really special about that sentiment and i just remember being like it was actually the last one to make the record because i was so scared to cut it and take away the opportunity for like somebody else to record that um it's it's Luke's. But I, I don't think you mind me saying this. It's Luke Combs' favorite off the album. He loves it. Um, you know, and so yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that song. Maybe potential radio song. You know, for me. For yeah. Future, so. Yeah, I. It's it's really freaking good, man. Like, I think too. You guys really hit on some very visceral experiences too, right? Sure. Your first your first car. Asking a person you love to marry him, Jesus yeah. finding his way into your heart, right? Like yeah. Yeah. those are those are things that you latch on to, and everybody has a personal story about. And yeah. I do think the beauty in what you do and, and the gift that you have that you share with everybody is the ability to allow people to see something very vividly in their head with how you write. And I don't right. think. I don't know if any of your songs do a better job of that than this. I can watch that whole story happen in my brain. You just as see it. it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like I can see the, I can see the guy putting the money on the glass counter at Scatel's jewelry here in Charleston. You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, man, that, that's, that's a beautiful one. When, when did y'all write that one? We wrote that in, uh, I think it was fall of fall of 2020. Yeah. Fall of 2020. Let's say no. I, excuse me. Excuse me. Fall of twenty one. So about a year ago. That's so wild to me that that was the last one on. So that's one in yes. your brain you had written that was going to be for that was going to be held for somebody else. Yeah, I just felt like man, you know, Tim or somebody could, could record that. You know, or mm-hmm. I just felt like, it, and it was, but that was the one that we pulled in that I go, all right, the album feels complete now. Yeah, I really wanted that kind of sentimental country boy thing. You know, that's just or every every man's kind of anthem type song yeah so yeah it almost had like a almost had like a somebody's praying for me vibe to it i thought yeah cool cool story you can kind of see the journey of the individual in the story yeah yeah that's a good one brother y'all knocked out of the park on that okay track track 10 so far so bad yep one of my personal favorites um and it was I had this song idea in my, in my phone for a long time and I wrote it with Jonathan Singleton and Matt Roy. And it was, I think summer, yeah, it was summer of, or spring of 21. So a year and a half ago, we wrote it. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was coming out of, I was to the point I, I, after I'd come out of this breakup of the year prior, I was finally to the point where I could write songs and re, after have reflecting on that for a little while, yeah. And for me, it was, I remember when all this when kind of that breakup was kind of happening. Everything else in my life was like, I mean, 10 out of 10, right? I had just had three songs that year go number one that I'd written. 
Um, I had just bought my first house a couple months prior and all these things were going right. And, and then that was the one thing, right. That like, wasn't going right. Mm-hmm. And so I really want to write a song to, to that and, and really kind of just going, you can plan everything out. You can think, you know, that you've got control. And that was the one thing in my life. That was the one that the biggest time in my life where I go, that was the lesson for me out of that. Like you ain't got control. The big man upstairs does. And it was just such a crazy, like um, juxtaposition of all this other stuff in my life was going right. And this one thing was kind of bringing it down for me, like raining on the parade. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to write a song about that. Right. Like all oh, this is happening and this is great. And man, this day is going great, but man, come to you coming back so far, so bad, you know, it's like, uh, and I just, this is a very personal experience, but I love how it came together and the, the way the song feels. It just, again, one of those that you get to the course and you're like, man, this feels so great. And then you, at the end of it, you're like, Oh, she ain't coming back. Is she? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that, um, one of the neat parallels on this is you told a story. Oh, I can't remember where I heard you tell it, but you were talking about um, writing when it rains, it pours. And I think there is similarity uh, between the two stories because you're taking a term that people read as one way. So, so far, so bad to play on so far, so good. And turning it upside down on its head to create something that, is, is a new take on, on an experience. So right. just like when it rains, it pours, it's supposed to be about all these bad things happening. But in that case, it's about all this good things happening to this guy at one time. This is, right. this is the kind of the same thing about, look, so far so good with everything else, but so far so bad on the one yeah. piece of my life that I really want to be on that side of the ledger. Yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think that's neat. Okay, track number 11, another one off Larkin Hill Mixes. And my understanding, one that was not written with the intention that it was going to be yours, correct? And that's Bucket List Beers. Right, yeah. Wrote this song with Luke Combs and uh, a couple other guys. And we originally wrote it for Luke. But by the time that we got finished with it, because that was one that we started and then finished later. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. by the time we finished it, sorry, by the time that we finished that, um, we, Luke's uh, Beer Never Wrote My Heart was out. And so that was like, there's the beer song, right? There's the big yeah. beer song. Right. Um, so that was the beer, beer song for him. And so we were like, all right, I don't know if there's room for this, you know, on that, on that record. And so, um, and we actually hadn't, we had gotten all, everything but like the second verse. And it wasn't until the day my dad retired that I was on the phone with him and it hit me like, there's our second verse. Because this song's about kind of making big memories and make these big moments that mm-hmm. that sometimes, whether it's a big Georgia game or whether it's, you know, your first one or whatever, it's like having a cold beer in your hand. And then there's something that it's not even about the beer again, right? It's about the memories. And so finding a way to write a sentimental song about beer was the idea there i mean <laughs> first one when your mama takes her eyes off the igloo ice that's just that's that's a plus that's just it's a like, plus we all, we've been there right it's like oh, looking, yeah it's you know, like, <laughs> that's good i also think the one uh isn't that how the second verse starts Beer, yeah uh, uh but buddy buddy coming off of coming yeah, home it's like when you finally get to when you finally get to open the one that you say for that army buddy getting off getting off that home, coming, that home. coming home plan. yeah that's yeah that's it's like, think too, about, man. you know, it's, it's just those moments where it may be, and for a lot of people, maybe it's not a, a buddy coming off an army plane. It's like person you ain't seen in three years. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, and just that, that moment of catching up and all, and just all the emotion that that brings. It's like, we're going to remember this for a long time kind of thing. I feel like that has to be a fun one for you to play now too, given your last year. Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of bucket list beers this year. There has. There has been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Track 12. Um, we may need to spend a little more time on this one. Right. This, this is my first question. Not, track 12, yep. The Battle of Betty's Love. This is one that yep. was not one of the two on the album that was not written by Ray. And that's because 
it was written by Kenneth Eric Church. <laughs> so yeah. tell me what that moment's like when you're having, well, number one, that's you're having a conversation with Chief yeah. and going, hey, I, I love this song from your catalog. It yeah. should be awesome to put this on the album. Take us through that first. I mean, scared to death to ask, first of all, because before me, the only people to ever get to record an Eric Church written song is Eric Church, Terry Clark, Keith Urban, and Morgan Wallen. So to even ask feels like, man, I don't, I don't want to set myself up for rejection or whatever, but what's it going <laughs> to hurt? Yeah. And then he immediately was just like, man, I ain't thought about that song for years, years. He's like, go cut that thing if you want to cut it. And I was like, do what, you know, kind of like stunned. But man, it just, it was, we were trying to think of like, what's, what's something, what's a song in there that would mean a ton to me personally mm -hmm. that maybe I didn't write or whatever, but would just add this kind of finishing touch on the album. And I just remember going like, why don't we find it? Eric Church is such a big part of my story and, you know, seeing him for the first time at Georgia theater and him playing lightning and all that. Let's find a song that Eric Church wrote, you know, and, and, and that one, for whatever reason, man, that to me is quintessential textbook Eric Church. Just taking this like, what in the world is he talking about? Battle of Betty's Love. And it sounds like the Gettysburg Address when you start the song. Oh, you know, and, then, and then by the I'm end so of it. I'm so glad you by, said that. By the end of the chorus, it's like, oh, it's about these two dudes fighting over a girl put in like battle terms, you know? And it's yeah. like, how cool is that, you know? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I swear to God, I don't listen to it. That I just I envision Chief in his Abe yeah. Lincoln top hat going yeah. full, going full Abe, baby. <laughs> I yeah. mean, but you're right, man. It is, I think, quintessential, just turn of the word type thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're going, where in the hell is this thing going? And then yeah. it all happens, and you start to go, oh yeah. And like, man, I, I think the second verse is awesome too. Like I just, I envisioned the kid running off at halftime and knocking him off the homecoming. I mean, there's just a lot of visceral emotion in that song, yeah. which is just outstanding. I also think, and I messaged you this, I think vocally it's something different for you yeah, than I've I ever agree. heard you do. And I think it's, yeah. I think it turned out outstanding. I mean, it's, it's yeah, really, really good. That chorus is really, um, if you really listen to it, it's a that's a hard chorus to sing. It's up there. Darn right. It's up there. Darn right. Um, and so it was cool to like get to kind of stretch myself vocally for for a couple of these songs, especially this one. Yeah. So I know the interaction with Eric. Tell me, a was it in some ways a validation of your journey because you go look. If we hadn't done it the way we'd done it, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, number one. But also, two, we wouldn't get to the point where he's going, hell yeah, I'd love it. I'd be honored if you cut it. Oh, 100%. I mean, just it felt like a full, another full circle moment where it's like my hero is letting me cut a song that he wrote. He believes it's clear that he doesn't allow this to happen a lot, right? And so for him to believe in me enough and be cool with what I'm doing enough to go, yeah, like I'm comfortable with you doing that. It was like, right on, man. Like, that was definitely some validation for me. All right, track 13, another one off Larkin Hill Mixes, and that's Damn If It Didn't Hurt. Tell us the story yep. behind that one. So that one was one we wrote in, I think, 2018, myself, Drew Parker, and Jordan Walker. And that one's really cool, too. This is, this is for me, the biggest one of this album that does the – it feels this way, but it's really something different, right, where if you really listen to it. And we were just talking about how, and we're talking about losing a big ball game. We talk about getting your heart broke, we're talking about really getting a no when you really want a yes and like how those things feel in life when they happen. And we were talking about, we were like, man, in some weird way, like if you've been hurt a lot or if you've, if you've had a lot of losses that you, you know, that hurt you and stuff or whatever the case may be, in some weird way, it's actually, that's really a huge blessing because that means if it hurts you, it means innately that you cared a lot about it and if you've got a mm -hmm. lot of things in your life that you care about you're going to get let down sometimes and so if those even those losses kind of stack up you lived a pretty good life because that means you dove in heart first kind of thing and so 
Um, and we kind of try to glorify that. Like, Hey, I'd do it all over because it wasn't worth a damn. It didn't hurt, you know? And so, um, and taking the word, they mean that phrase means something different in the verses that does in the course and doing that. That one for me is one of my favorite songs on the record. All right. Track 14, one that all listeners of this podcast know and love, and that is yep. love you, son, go dogs. So yeah. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of that and what that journey's been yeah, like. Yeah. So, you know, I have, I, I still feel like, and technically I'm not a writer, I still feel like one on it. And the reason is because, and I give Jordan Walker crap about it all the time. Jordan Walker, Ben Hayslip technically wrote it. But when Jordan actually got this idea because he, uh, his, he was, his dad said one day to him, like, you know, all right, boy, love you. Hook him. He's a Texas fan. Yeah. And then he said this yeah. to me and he goes, but man, like with you and your dad and kind of y'all's relationship. And I know how much you love the dogs. Like, let's, what do you think about writing something like this about Georgia? And I go, dude, that would be amazing. I would love that. And so we're talking about the song I already has some lines in my phone. Like we're, t- we're talking out the course and all that. <laughs> well, Jordan gets upset the next week when we're supposed to write because I get called to go write with Luke and Dean Dillon on a boat in the Bahamas, like <laughs> Dean's the Hall of Famer, right? So Jordan gets his, Jordan gets all upset and just goes and writes the song with Ben anyway. <laughs> but what I'll say about that is, you know, there's a part of me that could have been like, oh, I am technically a writer. It, it ended up perfect. And so for me, that's the thing that meant the most. And actually, Luke Bryan had it on hold for a while. And I just, I told, uh, I told Jordan, I was like, just promise me that if Luke doesn't cut this, that I get to cut it. He's like, if that happens, if you don't do it, you can do it. So he, lo and behold, he called me whenever Luke decided not to do it. He called me and said, you want to do it? I was like, record it next week. Yes. And recorded it. And, you know, I mean, it's like, but that is my life, right? Mine and my dad's, when we talk, it's if, if it's football season, if we talk, it's, we're talking about the dogs. You know? Yeah. And, and so, and really and truly, like, it ain't about as much as we love the dogs. It ain't as much about the dogs as it is about whoever that person in your life is that you kind of share that thing with. You know, maybe it's NASCAR or whatever it is. You know, it's like, yeah. um, and, and luckily people have listened to it in enough depth to, to realize that. That, like, is that why you got people from Tennessee and God forbid them, you know, and God help them, Florida and, like, Alabama and all. <laughs> I get messages from them going, hate the dogs which i'm happy about i want them to hate us that's fine hate the dogs but like man i freaking love this song like me and my dad we're florida fans and like me and my dad jammed to this song you know and like which is really cool to be able to look past that part of it to go this is bigger than that so you know what i think the magic of that song is and i didn't think this for a long time i think because i was caught up in the dogs piece of it and the father-son piece of it but for me man that's a love song to a small town that song is. It is. It is. Yeah. It, the the picture I get in my head. This is going to sound so stupid, but I'm going to tell you anyways. Uh, there's a movie from the '80s starring Michael J. Fox called Doc Hollywood. He's a yep. surgeon. He's going out to the West Coast to be a plastic surgeon. Gets caught in a small town, Grady, South Carolina. And you know he hates it. He's big city doctor X Y Z, right? But like small towns do, they got under his skin and he fell in love with it without even knowing it. And yep. he ends up he ends up getting out to California and there's this scene where he's sitting in this high rise fancy condo in L.A. And he gets on the old cordless telephone and he calls up. And if you live in a small town, you feel this with every fiber you're being. He calls the local weather line to see what the forecast yeah. is going to be the next day. And that's what this song does, because when I watch that movie, I mean, that's a funny movie and it's lighthearted. But that moment. Yeah. Man, it takes yep. me back to sitting at my grandmama's house, you know, and you call yep. the radio station and they got the recording on telling you it's going to be 78 and it might not rain. So you get right. to play your ball game the next day. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And that's what this song is. Preacher left for a bigger church in Savannah. How many of us yep. had a small church where your preacher did leave and go to a bigger church? Like, yeah, and it's, it's that's what I've grown to love about it. And then the yep. fact that, you know, the hook is love you, son, go dogs is like cherry on top. But. And Damn, man, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Kirby's keeping his end up with a bargain. That coach up in Athens got them boys playing real good ball. You darn right he is. You talk about evergreen content, homie. That thing's going to be all right for a little while. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. I think you're going to be all right on that. Okay. 
you know this is one of my favorites track eight track 15 hearts to break tell us the story behind this one yeah man that one is we just just jonathan and myself wrote that song and to be honest there was um there was a song that i wrote a different song that had so that that hook of that song is hearts to break beards drink there's another song that i wrote that i really wanted to and my, i kind of really wanted to record it in my heart and it, it had it had beer in the title and i remember just being like not not mad at all but just disappointed that i wasn't going to get to record it because so, i mean because somebody else did it's right bad good problem to have yeah <laughs> um, but i remember going like man i had my heart kind of set on that song so jonathan and i one day we were just like let's try to beat it let's write a song that beats it and so we sat down and wrote that and for me it's like we all know even if it's not us or we some maybe have been there before but we all know those guys that like or guys girls whatever that they want this person and we just know like dude what are you doing that's just not gonna work it just <laughs> it just won't work maybe in another life maybe in whatever but like you're here and they're here and it just ain't gonna work and like so yeah. kind of a light-hearted approach to that and and just hey <laughs> you got hearts to break and i got beers to drink we ain't the same you know that kind of thing so yeah that's a fun one man i just think that's a that's a really fun it one feels so album. good it's fun i love yeah. that one okay track 16 i think is another beauty this was also on larkin hill mixes and that's way out yep. and yep. let me uh before you tell the story let me read you piece of the song and that when it's my time to go all an old good boy can hope is that they lay me underneath an old white oak somewhere way yep. out boy yep it's tough to beat that brother yeah man I, I thank you for bringing that line up i do love that and, and for me it was i love my, i genuinely love my hometown and think it's really special and the, the longer that i've spent away from it the more special it becomes and mm -hmm. the more i realize how unique it is in its own way and the more i miss it in a lot of ways but I just wanted a song on the record that really tipped a cap to that. Like it was really hard to leave and just really getting that emotion across where it's like, man, why would I ever want a way out? Like it's got everything you could ever want. And obviously I did leave. It was kind of a tip of the cap to like, Oh, Harlem, Georgia, you, you were pretty hard to leave. Don't think it was easy kind of thing. And so, <laughs> and I know that, and I know that there's a ton of people across the country that, feel the same way whether they left or not about their place and about their town so it's something to like you know something for them to grab a hold on even even when you want to leave or even when you think you want to go it's like you get right outside of town you're going man what am i doing and i had that same thought right man what am i doing and i kept going because i just had to you know i just had my heart set on it but uh yeah just tip of the cap to the old hometown and when did you write that one that was during the pandemic, so right in the middle of 2020 on Zoom. Okay, last track on the album, yep. track 17. And yep. I know this is one of your personal favorites, too, and that's Sorry yep. Heart. Yeah, so that one, I had to have that one on there. For me, I just, it's one of the most vulnerable kind of songs that I've ever written. And I wanted to be on there just because I was like, I'm not being honest about this album if this song's not on there. And for me, it was and I kind of referenced a couple of times, but there was that the breakup that I went through that for me, it marked the first time in my life where I kind of took a long, hard look in the mirror and go, man, that was, even though it may not feel like it or whatever, like you got some stuff to figure out. And that, that what just happened was like, ain't your fault in a lot of ways. And like, not that I meant for anything to happen or like that I did something crazy. It just was like, Hey, you got your own faults too. And so I remember how, how hard that realization hit me. And then I got, finally got to the point where I was like, I got to forgive myself for that. And so that's where, um, that's where this song idea came from, where it was like, finally get to the point where you go almost, you know, it's a letter to your heart going, man, I didn't know that I was the one that's been doing this to you the whole time, you know, and so I'm sorry for that, but I'm going to do better. And so, which is a real kind of heavy thing to really write about. Um, but hopefully it came across in a way where people can, can relate to it. So. Okay. Last question on the album. Yep. What, what would have been track 18? That's a great question. There's a song. This is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly. There is a song that we decided to save for the second record. It's called three by five and a four by four. And, uh, 
and I'm all I'm gonna tell you it's about a picture. And there's this song. This is one of my favorite songs I ever wrote. But we just were like, this this album we feel like it's kind of stacked. Like let's pick a couple to like just say for yeah. And to me that one would have been the one that would have made it. I just feel like it may not have gotten the. Maybe it gets hit on a 17 song record where maybe it should just be kind of sitting on its own. So, yeah, really love that one. I think it's special. I know when the journey has been like yours has been, it had to be a difficult endeavor to only pick 17 because yeah. I would yeah. I would imagine the number that you're writing over the course of years, you got a big catalog, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that obviously that's why the album is what it is and why it's so good is because it's the ones that made the cut. But sure. I, I knew there had to be one that was <laughs> on yeah. the cusp. Yeah. Well, so you mentioned the second album. What is mm-hmm. what is the arc on that? How does that look for folks like yeah, we us don't, that aren't that no, aren't I still feel like I still feel like there's so much meat left on the bone for this album. Hundred you know, percent. At least the, at least the rest of this year, and then maybe we we'll get another radio single out of it. So, not sure what that second album looks like. Not sure what new music looks like. I do know that there's a lot of new songs that I'm excited about. So, figuring out when we're going to record those and, and what that looks like, and are they going to be singles or part of an album or whatever it is. So. Right now, still just focused on getting the most we can out of this album and then seeing what happens. What is your favorite song to play live off this album? Selling Cars, for sure. Yeah. Because there's a moment where we actually just do it. Me and my, the bass player, we get to that first chorus and we just, everybody drops out. We just sing it a cappella. Yeah. And that's a really cool part to like come back right at the end of that. The whole band comes back in. It's really fun really fun to do that all right well we uh we know you're going to continue to do great things it's inevitable you're just uh too good a person and got too much talent not to so you keep uh living in your light homie you're doing it man yes sir um thank you for telling us the story of this album and we will put links in the show notes and links in the episode to how folks can go buy it if they haven't already bought it and we'll do the same for the show on thursday i know you're excited to get back to the classic city and Get some boot stomping going on on a Thursday night, baby. I can't wait, baby. All right, before I let you go, give me a give me a score for the weekend. What them dogs gonna do in Columbia against you know, the Misery Tigers? I've been thinking about it, and I think I think the offense will probably protect the ball. I think we'll be hungry after you know kind of a sluggish performance last week, and uh, I'm seeing something like I'm gonna go 45, 13. I like that. I mean, look. I think we're going to come out. I think we're really going to come out. I think we're going to play well. Poor, poor Missouri just lost to the Auburn Tigers. Yeah. So, I should have. I mean, should have beat them. But, yeah. Should have beat them for sure. My so, gosh. yeah. It was, a, it was a tough weekend for college kickers. Let's just put it that way. Bad. 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 Yeah. All right, brother. Well, it's always good to get to spend time with you and hear your story. And uh, keep doing it, man. And as we uh, we always close close our own out, go yep. dogs, go dogs, baby. Hey, George is better now.